This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to another fantabulous, fergalicious episode of the Formation Lab. Mayamo Luke, and I'm joined as always by a man whose ex- who's actual title, Sir Tim of Martin. How art thou doing? Uh, I, I didn't know we were going to ye olden times um, from Britain, but uh, I, I guess we are very British this week because we have the British Grand Prix to actually talk about from Silverstone. Luke, you know what? Great times. <laughs> it's funny because I have episodes of the past where I've talked about how Silverstone is. I don't dislike the track, but it's not close to my favorite track, right? Silverstone has given us two pretty controversially fu- and fun weekends the last two years. Because this year, yeah. this time, three years even, because uh, in 2020, it was when Lewis won with a blown tire, too. Lewis won with a, with a blown tire. Yeah, he brought home a race-winning car on three wheels. On three um, wheels. Last year, you he, had the he infamous... suffered with for a while. Yeah. yeah. Last um, year, you had the infamous Hamilton v, Matt, v Verstappen debate. Uh, yes, where uh, it, did he give him room? Didn't he? Going in the cop's corner? Are we going to be ooh. doing this whole thing? Oh, ooh. and uh, yeah, sending him into the wall at, I don't know how many Gs, a lot. 53, I think it was. 53 Gs, that, that, that's heavy. Yeah. Um, and then this year, I mean, we didn't get out of lap one. Uh, we didn't get out of turn one uh, before, unfortunately, Luke, there was an accident that took out a whole lot of guys yeah. um, and brought up some safety concerns. First and foremost, uh, the halo doing its job, doing its whole thing again, uh, saving uh, Zhou Guan Yu's uh, life for sure. And and I got to ask you, Luke, and it's a it's a crash that took out George Russell. It took out um you know a couple of guys uh but specifically Zhou Guan Yu and his car flipped over the tire barrier and was pinned between the tires and the fencing yeah I think we should probably stop on that right right quick and talk about the safety measures that have been called to uh be investigated because that was a life-threatening situation had he had that car been on fire I'm not sure we talk about Zhou uh, Guan Yu as alive right now. No, I think this is where um, I think I do think when you really stop to look at it, it is odd that F1 is still just throwing tires up against a chain link fence, a catch fence, uh, and calling it a day for the speeds they do and for the way cars can get airborne when they dig into the gravel, which I actually do think is uh the best of all worlds of the uh runoffs is a gravel trap but um i i don't know why how many ever years ago it was indycar develops the safer barrier okay which is a foam barrier up against uh, a wall with a catch fence on top of it. You see it at every speedway on the safety on the IndyCar schedule, uh, with the exception of the front and back stretch outside walls at Indianapolis, but you do see it in the corner. Okay. Save so many lives and things like that, that would have prevented the problem we saw with, with Zhou Guan Yu, Guan Yu Zhou. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu is the way you would say it in Mandarin, I think. Anyway, um, it is there are tires and they're just stacked up lashed together put in front of that fence they're not attached to the fence so if a car is airborne and it hits the catch fence which are way which is way taller 
than the tires. So if it's in the air, the catchments is probably going to get it. It'll fall right between right, right behind there. And then you have to move thousands of pounds of tires out of the way to get to the car where the driver is now trapped in there. And like you said, if there's a fire, he probably doesn't make it. Um, yeah. If you have a safer barrier, and I'm not talking even a literal safer barrier, just something based on that to fit Formula One's more specific needs, okay? I, I, I don't see where this would be a problem, okay? You, what you need to do is you need to have that tire, that padding before the wall, which does save lives, and you need to figure out a way to attach that as one cohesive unit to the wall itself, which is what the safer barrier effectively does. That is one unit. You can't just go over the safer barrier without going over the catch fence in IndyCar. Yeah. And F1 absolutely needs to take a look because that, I think, I'm glad it was for, it was lap one, turn one, because yeah. that, that guarantees that the speeds were at least somewhat manageable. Yeah. Um, but to see that car upside down through turn one, I know I was texting uh, with a few of our friends uh, when we were watching it being like, oh my God, like that car was upside down. Yeah. And they didn't show it tastefully. They did not show it. Thankfully, uh, Sky Sports uh, and uh, Formula One management have seen fit to uh, not show the, the crash over and over again immediately until we know that everyone's okay. Um, and even then, you know, we, they were tasteful about it. Whereas with the crash with Roman Grosjean, they showed nothing but that constantly on the big screens, on the television. It was actually kind of gutting um, emotionally for the fans and for the drivers. I know Daniel Ricciardo at the time called him out for it. So it's good to see that they were a bit more tasteful in their editing here. Um, but it was a crash that included several uh, drivers. First and foremost, Pierre Gasly, uh, George Russell, uh, Zhou Guan Yu, as well as uh, Alex Albon. Alex Albon was pretty substantially banged up um, in his in his crash. Uh, I think he hit the tire wall a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but he has come out and said he was okay. All things considered, it wasn't bad. Um, but it was pretty rough on those cars. Those four drivers were done uh, before the day even started. And before we get off onto that too, because I do have something to say about those four drivers, uh, I do want to point out too that a safer barrier-like structure um, would have immensely helped the Miami circuit uh, where we saw impacts just into the concrete walls. There's no reason that can't be a safety, safer barrier, especially when you're just lashing tires in like together in front of it, which produces the space. And they're like, well, we don't have enough space for increased safety measures. It's like you do if you would, safer bear you know what i'm saying if you just put you know, that obvious solution there yeah there are solutions i'm sure they were just knee-jerk reacting to that and um so but that being said though you mentioned the drivers that were involved george russell was involved and uh i think that's controversy number one of the weekend although i do want to give george russell uh props uh unlike in imola of last year he got out of the car immediately and he he sprinted to Guan Yu Zhou. Uh, uh, and I'll say this. I think he might have been one of the first on the scene, to be honest with you. I think he was the first on the scene. And to be honest, it looked like an Ayrton Senna moment. Yeah. Uh, I remember when Ayrton Senna in the middle of the race jumped out of his car to go help the other driver who was clearly in peril. Um, George Russell did the same thing. Um, and I'm not entirely sure if that wasn't politically motivated. He seems to be a very calculating guy. But I kind of I want to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Um, 
he and was, say that he was just worried about his buddy. He um, was worried about his buddy. Um, yeah. I don't think you make that decision after you had an impact because his car did get caught up in that. It did. Yeah, his car was toast and he knew it. He he knew it, um, but that brings us to the uh, the controversy, which you get into in a second. But I do think that was that was a just oh oh no, and you just get out and run because he yeah. he acted with conviction. Um, there was some conviction in his face, and I, if he's I, a, and I, I and if um, he's a political no, guy too, that brings into the fact that if he's thinking about the football consequences of getting out, the optics, he did. DQ himself in that act as kind of a semi-technicality. So when the red flag is dropped, um, Russell is out of the car. Okay. Now, when you get out of the car or you just can't refire it, that's officially when they say like this car is retired. It's not classified. Red flag drops. Everybody who could refire their car um, got to take that bad boy on pit lane and you get unlimited fixes on under a red flag because f1's red flag rule is it wonky. still bothers yeah it still bothers me um we'll, we'll classify it as wonky it is wonky it is what does it feel wonky to you it feels wonky to me it feels like a big ass loophole yes. and i while i enjoy loopholes i feel like that one has been allowed to remain out of I don't know. I don't want to say laziness, but opportunism from the teams. Yeah. The, every time, every time one team's like, we should really shut this. Another team that just took advantage of it two weeks earlier or a week earlier is like, no, 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 mm-hmm. it's, it's important. It's important. And then when that team can't take advantage of it a year later, they try and shut it down. And the other team goes, well, the, 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 we can't do that. That's simply unacceptable. It's against nature. Anyway. Oh yeah. Um, but George Russell tried to, uh, protest in that I didn't have the opportunity to start my car back up because I was worried for my fellow competitor, Guan Yu Zhou, and I could have. Therefore, we should be able to fix our car. And he did not win that protest. Um, but if he was worried about the optics of trying to save Guan Yu Zhou after the Valtteri Botas incident, which was a come on, buddy, what do you think in moment? Uh, I would think that he would have that in mind too. I don't think there was any thought involved up there in this ins- uh, in this instance not in a bad way just in a instinctively that looked really bad unstrap go yeah i mean i don't think it allows you to be human um and i no. think that was a a human moment and it, it it's a bit al- of a bummer but yeah. at the it same would also time be one the, thing too if yeah. if no other car that was involved in this was allowed to you know be worked on under red flag it's the fact that some got caught in it and just ran with it anyway that I think bothered yeah. uh, bothered me particularly. And that's, yeah, I get it. I totally do. But the rest of the race was quite interesting and consequential. I don't yes. think we really need to go over uh, the practices or the qualifying. No, kind of boring, to be honest not, with you. It's not there was the a lot of rain. Yeah. No, there was a lot of rain. Um, teams could start on whatever tires they wanted on Sunday. Um, your pole sitter, I know, right? Your pole sitter, um, was uh, one Carlos Sainz, um, who I was really pulling for. I'm not gonna make any bones about it, I was pulling for him the whole time. I really wanted him to convert, um, just because he's worked so hard. And to be honest with you, Luke, the beginning stages didn't look promising for that. 
No. Um, you had in the beginning, the early stages, you had uh, Max and Sergio looking very fighty and uh, Charles Leclerc had overtaken him. It actually took through the first couple of pit stop uh, windows to, to actually shake out a little bit. But there in that meantime, in one of those pit windows, we had an ailing Red Bull. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you saw it, but Max Verstappen did show the chunk uh, of car that was caught. What it, unfortunately had happened was the Red Bull just lost pace. You heard the radio calls repeatedly from Max saying, I've got no pace. I've got no, I've got no grip. What is going on? Why is this happening? They tried not every mistaken, setting. Several times he was like, we just need to take it in and bang, yeah. You know, yeah, do whatever need. needs to be done. Yeah. But there was a fairly large chunk of Yuki Sonoda's car uh, in uh, Max's floor. So uh, I think it was huge. It was a very big piece of carbon fiber that was very clearly Alpha Tauri. Um, I don't know how they knew that it was uh, Yuki Sonoda's bit other than they probably took accounting afterward. Um, but yeah, it was caught under his car and it basically neutered his car the rest of the day. Sergio Perez was their only fighter up there, which was a bit of a bummer. Um, but that is also to lead to uh, another storyline that did come out um, with Yuki Sonoda. Uh, Mr. McCussy Pants, um, who does nothing but rail and cuss and get super angry over the radio and to the point where they had to not air it um, because of how uh, aggressively vulgar. Yeah, aggressively vulgar it was. And uh, it has prompted our favorite piece of safety equipment, Helmet Marco, um, to come out and say, we've actually uh, retained a psychiatrist to help him deal with his anger management issues. They are doing everything possible for this kid and i love it um i know it has probably something to do and i don't want to be the callous guy you know talking about george russell earlier and talking about this now i don't want to be that calloused unfeeling guy to say that you know it's probably because of the honda sponsorship that they are continuing to you know really cater this kid because honda I mean, loves him just, i'll say just, that just man, factually just, just factually, factually they are okay. they are catering to him go ahead Finish your statement. Yeah, it, it was, they are catering to him quite a bit. And to the point where I don't think they would have done the same for Daniel Kvyat. I know they didn't do the same for Brandon Hartley. And they definitely didn't do the same uh, for Pierre Gasly. Now, or Alex Albon for that matter. Or Alex Albon. Um, uh, I, I was going to, I was going to mention he is after Max Verstappen. He is easily to my knowledge, the to my like thought process, we'll say the most supported Red Bull Academy driver possibly ever with the exception of Verstappen. I completely agree with <laughs> he's that. He's got the it most is, breaks. He's got the most breaks. I mean, honestly, if, if any other driver had done that, they would have been, you know, just shut out in the cold. Brandon Hartley or I would say Yuri Vips, except Yuri Vips went ahead and was racist on, on air and he was yeah, he pulled a Kyle Larson. He pulled a Kyle Larson, uh, but he, weirdly, he is still involved in the Red Bull program. So I guess they're hoping he has a Phoenix Kyle Larson moment and comes out of it okay. Did, but I hold on, hold it. on, put the brakes, put the brakes. Yeah. Does that make does that make NASCAR more progressive than Formula One? Um, no, because they allowed <laughs> but, Kyle Larson back. Um, but Yuri Vips is still with Red Bull. Uh actually, Kyle I Larson will... at least got dropped. While I let you rap a little bit about it, I'm going to pull up the article. Uh, Vip's still part of the Red Bulls junior scheme. I, I'm reading this on the race.com. 
um, and is a, it is the byline is by uh, Josh Sutil. Um, Yuri Vips will remain in the junior, in the Red Bulls junior roster despite being axed from his role as a Formula One team's test and reserve driver. Vips was suspended, investigated, and sacked after being uh, after evidence emerged of him using a racial slur on a uh, gaming live stream. He apologized for his quote unacceptable language. Uh, the 21-year-old Estonian's F1 test and reserve role was taken by fellow Red Bull junior Liam Lawson, who also is extremely fast. Um, the wording of Red Bull's statement about Vips only referred to his F1 role rather than rather than the wider junior program, uh, though it was initially believed the whole relationship with Red Bull was over. But Red Bull has now clarified that Rip Vips remains part of its junior team, saying that, quote, we are supporting him as he transitions away from his role with Red Bull Racing whatever that means so let me recap if you don't aren't with us or don't follow nascar Nas, uh kyle larson did just about the exact same thing almost um, the precise same thing. almost the precise thing same thing to, to the point where the specifics don't really matter dare i say um mm-hmm. as yuri vips like same game the same slur etc etc kyle larson in 2020 uh let's see it was during one of the covid shutdown uh live stream yeah, yep. mega explosions. april 13th uh okay chip ganassi racing suspended kyle larson indefinitely without pay uh shortly after that nascar has suspended him indefinitely without pay ordered him to complete sensitivity rate training before he's allowed to race again he'd sus- be suspended by the world of outlaws dirt track racing uh Multiple corporations, McDonald, Credit One, Chevrolet, terminated their sponsorship. And then the next day, Chip Genassi Racing fired Kyle Larson uh, and hired Matt Kenseth as a replacement. Then Kyle Larson and Chip Genassi uh, took two months of inactivity. Larson posted an essay on his website apologizing and denying that it was representative of who he was. And... Uh, he accepted responsibility, including a suspension and dis- suspension and dismissal. So he was without a job and without all of his major sponsors and couldn't race in dirt track racing. Uh, and then eventually completed, I believe he completed, uh, he completed sensitivity trading with world of outlaws, which is sprint car dirt track racing, which re him to do that. He worked on new sponsor or uh, worked sponsor lists, I believe. And then had to complete his sensitivity training and he was back for yeah so he was gone for like eight months because he missed the entire rest of the season yeah Um, i would i would almost say tim and i don't mean for this to become a nascar is better than formula one i think you everybody knows our opinions on nascar um it's not great dare dare i say that seems more in line I, I you know what? Kyle I'm going to say went... something more bold. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that the world of outlaws has the moral high ground to both NASCAR and Formula One. <laughs> Didn't think I'd say that. Nope. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it, I, I'm i firmly behind what NASCAR did yeah, um, you have and what world that. of outlaws did. You I, have I, to do that. And Formula One think... Red Bull... It's not a good it look. does skeeve me out a little bit that he's still with that he's still with Red Bull. I, I, agree. I would think I would think the optics of that situation and just the current state of the world um, would dictate that you let him go at the very least, right? Like that's I, just yeah. It seems, I completely it seems, agree. I hate that this is standard procedure thing, but that almost seems standard procedure, doesn't it? 
in the in this day and age other- absolutely i mean i in my day-to-day life in real estate I have to be very conscious of it. And I have to swing the ax if someone does that. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not equivocal. And we're not, we're not talking like it's an everyday occurrence here either. No, but but we have to be cognizant of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and not even using a slur, just wording something poorly that may hurt people. We have to be cognizant of, I have to do that every day in my job in radio, right? Is like, I have to make sure that I phrase this in a way that is not offensive to people. Yeah. And Yuri Vips can do that and keep 70% of his job, we'll say. Yeah, that's that's not because awesome. If, here's the thing, too, is if he's still with Red Bull, he'll still find his way into uh, an F1 development seat. They're not keeping him around just for him to put him on the side for a long while. And no. dare I say at this point on July 6, 2022, 90% of the crap storm is over with. I'd say so, so um, but we'll see. Uh, it remains I, to be seen. Uh, unfortunately, I I do want to say a firm do better Formula One. Yeah, actually, no Formula One. He's he's out of that. Uh, do better Red Bull. Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but let's move over to the race again. Also, yeah. Also, uh, I would like to add too. Um, yeah. I didn't realize Larson said that he encountered the word quite often when he was. Uh, when he was racing in Europe. Uh, anyway, but uh, I'm like, not surprising. I, it's not surprising. Uh, Europeans, that word is not offensive. Um, the, the word is, is just it's a no go. It's just yeah. a no go. It's not like, it's not like us saying fuck or like us saying, you know, cunt or something like that. There's offensive words. And then there's the, let's not fucking say these words. words. There's offensive. And then there's unforgivable. Yeah. And to you me, notice how I said those other two words that right. are offensive and even more offensive. And then there's that word, which I haven't even used the initial for. Right. Yeah. And we're not going to, no. um, it, it, it's deeply degrading to an entire section of our society. It's not, and, it, yeah. Like I, the yeah. best way I can put it is it's not like a naughty word that you wouldn't say in a different line. Yeah. It's not like a cheeky thing. It's like a, it's a, it's an actual, actual like horrible thing come, to say to someone. Come and, to America, say that in public and you will get people from every creed, color, nationality beating the tar out of you. And rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you I, honestly bring back bullying. Yeah. We should bully that word out of society, out of our lexicon, <laughs> bully the absolute piss out of that thing. I mean, you know, as far as, you know, other words mm-hmm. go, I use it as seasoning in my everyday speech, but that word will never enter my lexicon. No. I apologize. Well, I'm not sorry. It, no, anybody that, want, that wants to be like, oh, Tim, you're being politically correct. You know, you get, know what the crazy thing fucked. is? You know what the crazy thing is, too? And I've said this about being a kind person is how easy it is <laughs> to, to not <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's very simple. Same thing it's for being, rude. that's what I say about being a kind person, right? It's just, I'm like, if, if, if you just make an active choice, it's really pretty easy most of the time. Same thing with that. It, it's so easy to just not say that. You have to make an yeah. active choice to do that, you know? Yeah. All right. So and let's if talk you about, say it, you have no place no, in, in no, you got. society. No, no, especially not a public facing, like, yeah dude get get out of here if you want (laughs) to 
if you want to be Santino Ferrucci in my mind, go ahead and say that. <laughs> that is, he is damned to the pits of hell. He will never get out. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's like the bottom of the, the bottom of hell is reserved how, for how people who do harm to children, warlords, Santino Ferrucci. It's really, it's, it's like a little tier program that I've got going on in hell. <laughs> how, I'm sure how, the devil is like pissed at me for reorganizing, but I got to, you know, how, how happy are you that Jack Harvey has the uh, has the V sponsorship so you can uh, admire that car instead of know that Santino I, I love V as a as a grocery store chain. I wish you were here in St. Louis. If anybody from V is listening, please, God, come here. Especially okay. because you're not on Kyle Larson's car <laughs> or on Santino Ferrucci's car or Yuri Vips. Or Yuri Vips, we're doing great. That's the that that's the trifecta. That's the right big there. three, baby. That's the big three. <laughs> <laughs> but the race in Silverstone. Yeah, yeah we got. I know get we got to return. That. We got to do uh, that. Where were let's, we? Let's. I think we we're between topics. Let's talk for just the hottest of segundos. Yeah. About Ferrari. We gotta yes. have a chat about Ferrari because this was a Charles Leclerc's race to win. He was running in first, all right? He was He was running in first, but, you know, Carlos did have the pole, and he was on a pretty decent tire strategy, but let's go, let's go ahead. He was. I want to focus in on, on, on one that became two points. The final safety car comes out. Safety car, you get cheap pit stops. When everyone else is taking a pit stop, when 19 of 20 cars are taking a pit stop, or at that point – uh da, 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 da. hold on i gotta go over to the how many ever finished how many ever were running yeah uh when 13 16. of the 14 cars are taking a pit stop okay and you're in first that is not just a cheap pit stop that is effectively a free pit stop as long as you don't bungle the pit stop right because yeah. you are going in at the same pace everyone else is and you're leaving ahead of them because you started just that little bit right it's it's a free pit stop for some reason, Ferrari looked every other team that managed to successfully stack their pit stops in, in a successful way and said, eh, 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 eh. why don't we pull in Carlos Sainz? We'll throw him on a nice soft red tire. Those old medium tires that Charles Leclerc has, we'll leave him out so that he'll maintain first position. And then Carlos Sainz will get in and run right behind him in a better, fresher, newer tire that everyone else is running. What is the thought process behind that? Why? Okay. I, I, with all due respect towards Carlos science, we'll get into him later. Okay. I'm elated for him. Charles Leclerc is your title contender. There well, is there, one correct strategy here. There is one correct strategy. Did, they did not have... give it to your title contender. And there are a couple ways to look at it. Personally, I I would have made the same call. And here's why. I don't trust the pit crew, especially okay. with a especially with a double stack. End of the it is the end of the race. You know, the, the pressure is super high. I would rather leave my lead guy out and pit my other guy just in case. Okay. Okay. Um I especially I, if my I faith would pit- in the yeah. I would pit my lead guy and if I was playing all my bases, leave my secondary guy out there. And that because would the odds of it going well, well, no matter how bad it is, the odds of it going well are higher than the odds of it being bungled. 
Um, and, and there kids, was insult to his injury. Yes. Let's, Let's talk, talk about post-race. Post-race. Charles Leclerc comes in and he is whining. Okay. We'll get into that. Mattia Bonato pulls him aside and in what is, to my mind, the most iconic shot of 2022's Formula One season, Mattia Bonato is finger-wagging in his face, tut-tut-tutting Charles Leclerc, who has his head down like he was a kid who just got in trouble, like a schoolboy. He is chastened like a child. Like a, It really was like a child. And it okay. was like a professor coming over and scolding a, ch- a kid and you say it's a professor because of Mattia Bonanos. That's his correct. Glasses, that's absolutely. No, like. it's his, it's his whole aesthetic. He, he is does. a professor. He does like that is, you know, I, I wouldn't he have was, said that about any other team boss. He <laughs> looks like a professor, but he was, I mean, he was talking yeah. down to Charles Leclerc. And here's what I think happened. Charles Leclerc, even over the radio was, about my pit strategy and you guys let me down i think mattia bonato comes over and goes don't you dare say a bleeping word about this team all right they work their asses off for you and for you to complain about that don't even i have two don't question the strategists in public if you want to have a talk with them afterwards and you want to have them go th- you know go through their decision making process have at it but you are out there we are here you don't know what it's like right here i think i i think i heard uh, the broadcasters mentioned that they reckoned that there was less than 10 seconds for that decision to be made okay that's that's a short enough time to where you have to just crunch numbers and go with your gut um i i i think that was a sit down shut up and don't forget what the badge is on the front of your fire suit. Cause that's a Ferrari and that's worth more than you ever will be as a driver. I completely agree. That is probably what he said. I think there's another element to it though, um, where they've made clear strategy calls for Charles. Um, mm-hmm. they, they haven't worked out that that's for sure, but they have favored Charles the whole year. Carlos was the pole sitter. Carlos had the pace. I'm sure part of his scolding was, We've done this for you. Let him have his moment. Yeah, don't think, solely your teammate's moment. Exactly. Don't go stomp on your teammate because you think that you, you know, can have this title. We're going to be moving forward with both of you. You're only apart by 11 points now. And Carlos has struggled and played the team card all year long. So I'm sure there was an element of that to it. But uh, I do agree with you. I think it was more of a, you know, you don't air dirty laundry about the team anywhere for any reason. We've backed you. You've gotten the longest contract we've ever given a driver. You need to chill. Yeah. And again, they didn't even give, they didn't even give Schumacher that the type of contract. No. And, that and that's gave. what I, and that's okay. what I mean by the badge on the front of that fire suit is worth more than you ever will be as a driver. You'd yeah. be Michael Schumacher, but you're still driving a Ferrari. Right. You know, you're in the stop scarlet right red. And that's, and, that's, yeah the most important thing you know that the saying in hockey is that the uh the logo on the front of the jersey is way bigger than the name on the back for a reason right and that's that holds true in formula one the badge on the car it's more important than the uh the name 
on the lapel ever will be. And to I, put it in a, a slightly different way, Charles is a driver. Ferrari is a religion. Yes. And he needs to get in line. So and I'm church, sure his confidence, the church, the church, the church of can, Ferrari, the church of Ferrari could easily, easily defrock a priest. That's no problem. Absolutely. No problem at all. Um, but I, I, I was happy to be a member of the Tifosi this weekend because finally Carlos Sainz has his maiden win. Congratulations to him. That's to do awesome. it to do it in front of an electric crowd at Silverstone, uh, which, by the way, I've I noticed that starting at the finale last year. I don't. I think they're pumping the crowd mics more. I can almost hear when they're when they're turn, doing it. turn the pot, the potentiometer, the slider, fader, what have you, when they're potting up and then pull it right back down, pot it up, pull it right. I can hear it. It doesn't bother me. It makes the races seem more electric. But for for Carlos Sainz to be there in front of that screaming crowd to take a win in uh, what will be remembered as one of the better British GPs is awesome. I'm so proud of him, too, because it's been such a long, hard fight to the top. You know, he was almost there at McLaren, but just needed that extra step. Then he took went over to Ferrari, and Ferrari was... Ferrari, right? Yeah. And then you know it just pushes up, and now he's finally in the fastest car, but he can't quite get there because Charles Leclerc gets the favorable calls and is just that that millimeter faster and more efficient. Finally, to reach the top step of the podium is uh is is incredible. It's for immense Carlos. for him, and absolutely. I, I have to imagine, by the way, one of the happiest guys uh, on the grid was uh was lando norris in p6 uh back in the uh back in the paddock going like bro <laughs> yeah know, oh the the bromance is yeah. huge between those two um let me say too before we move on to another uh like bromance moment that i quite liked uh back on charles leclerc charles did have every right to behind closed doors talk to a strategist about what was that why was i the only person that did not pit you know that's a it fair seems, question. That's a fair do, question. It is a very fair question. And I, I po- use that question to pose this one to you. Is Charles Leclerc F1's version of Alexander Rossi? He's quickly becoming that way, isn't he? Right? Like <laughs> none of the pit calls go his way, no matter what no, they do. No, Even no if they prioritize they him, it all gets fucked. You look, you look at a guy like Alexander Rossi and go, man, if he didn't get screwed over by strategy calls, by pit errors, by just the shoddy team management, this man would be, I would say probably a two, possibly three time IndyCar champion. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, <laughs> if Charles Leclerc was in a team that was run as efficiently as Mercedes, would he be a champion by now? Yeah. I think he would be, and I think he'd be a champion again this year. I think he'd be a time champion. Him and George Russell in the Mercedes of old, that is that is a uh, Duke of the Titans duking out. It was That would have been awesome. Speaking of Mercedes. Yes. Cool bro moments. Uh, first off, uh, Lewis Hamilton will get into his moments of glory earlier because some of the finest moments he's ever had at the British GP came during this one that he didn't even win, but he got on the podium and I appreciated Carlos Sainz and Checo Perez. I think it was Sainz uh, that said something 
I went up to him and said, I heard you were on one today, dude. <laughs> The, 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 you could tell that when they got into the cool down room and in the interviews kind of afterwards, um, there was such an immense respect for dude. Hamilton does not have the best car this year, but that is still Lewis Hamilton. And I heard things about his drive. (laughs) His drive was impressive. He, he never had that, that extra something to get up and tangle, but God, did he, he just he drove like he, he wanted it more than he wanted his next breath. He extracted a hundred ten percent of that car. Absolutely, it, through the pit strategies, he just stayed consistent. He asked a couple questions. He did. There was no Lewis whinging this time. Um, it was actually a joy to watch him race. I feel like I was watching two thousand seven Lewis at Silverstone. He wanted it that bad, and to see that kind of hunger from the old vet absolute give me that every day of the week and to top it off for him in the in the pit in the garage his dad and his brother were kicking it with tom cruise so i mean that's not a bad weekend no that's not a bad weekend at all lewis goes here's what it's actually like to be a fighter pilot (laughs) he's who's who's been closer to being an actual fighter pilot lewis hamilton or tom cruise tom cruise i would say actually tom cruise yeah because he i think he has an f-18 license Oh, and if he if he hasn't, he's been in F-18. Like he's in those planes when they shoot him for the Navy at ten thousand dollars an hour. This is he's, our shameless plug for Top Gun. The Top movie. Gun Maverick. Go oh, see yeah. it. There's a reason it's broken the billion dollar mark. And I hate ridiculous, like overly long awaited sequels. Uh yeah, that and Blade it, Runner 2049 are some of the best sequels I've ever seen in my life. Uh, that is the exact comparison I used. It was a beautiful standalone could have worked. If you hadn't seen the first movie works a lot better if you've seen the movie, but it was just a joyous time to be in a movie theater. I've been twice for a 35 year old movie. It was worth the wait. Yep. So Lewis Hamilton though, how about that move? I think in the year end composite, I think one of the biggest moments you're going to hear one of crowning finales outside of crowning a champion is going to be Perez Leclerc duking it out. We're talking knockdown drag out fight. They're battling. And here comes Lewis. He's got through on the inside while the two of them are, are duking it out. They're they're I know Checo isn't young per se, but they got all this youth, this exuberance, this energy to them. Lewis, he, he does it through. Just just waits, keeps the powder dry, saves the missiles for later. Whoop, right through. He just right took, through. He, he fleeced them. He and fleeced them. I will say that does feel like a vintage Lewis move. That's a Lewis moment. I, yeah, that I is a Lewis he, moment for sure. You can question about if he's lost it or not, but I don't think I've ever, I don't, I don't think he ever lost it. I, I, I think just, he lost his hunger toward the end of that, that, that championship run he was talking about, yeah, I'm, I'm still great. I'm still awesome. But he lost that, that drive. That I think hunger. it's, I think it's back though. I think I saw it. I, I, was I, think, say, I, I think I saw that. I think we saw it. And, and I do think there is something to be said for when you have the best car, you race a certain way. When you have a car that is by Mercedes standards, a polished turd, you have to learn how to drive it a different way. And that can cripple your confidence. Right. We, we, we saw that happen with Daniel Ricardo. 
he got a car that was a glorified turd in the Renault. Okay, after he went from the supreme newy machine of a Red Bull, and what happened to Daniel Comp- Daniel's confidence after that? Immediately, people are like, "Oh, he's washed." And this was like six years ago, four years yeah. ago, however long it was. This is like, there's, there's not, it, there's sometimes when a driver declines. It's not always because the driver's in decline. It's because you build a car that does not complement the driver. And it's also them get, it's a mental game more than it is yeah. anything else. You'll, um, but I'll say that the title of this uh, show should be Carlos finally wins and Lewis has entered the chat. Uh, that's long. Just Lewis has entered the chat. Yeah. Lewis has entered the chat, but I, but I, but I don't want to take away from Carlos's win because that was an absolutely tremendous feat by him. Um, and all around, I will say, this is the most I've ever enjoyed a British Grand Prix. I don't like the new Silverstone layout that much. I think that I agree with Todd um, from the Park for May podcast. I think they neutered that track. Um, yeah. I think it's boring. I think it's flat. It's boring. Um, it's flat. It's it. But this I year was a banger. And I've mentioned this, I think, every single year, by the way, while I'm while we're degrading uh, Silverstone. The front half looks like the back half. When you get to around the halfway point after the hangar straight, all right, uh, it looks exactly like the back half, almost exactly like the back half. It's too easy to get lost on tape. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I, I'm not in – I like turn one, turn two. I'm not into the Cobb's corner. Here comes the, you know, whatever chicane. Okay, yeah. I, I get that a little bit with, like, Monaco, but I'm not feeling it with Britain. But I will say last three years – I'm looking or, forward excuse to me, it. by the way, the Wellington Street. When the Wellington Street goes into Brooklyn, into Luffield, into Woodcote, it's, okay? That's too much. That's too much. As compared to the Hangar Street going into Stowe, going into Vale, I'm like, it It, it, it really one, does two, feel too much. It, it's too much. It's too much uh, that they're trying to put history where it's maybe not needed. Um, and I get it. British are into that. I love I my British. I love our British fans. Um but I should I mention too, I don't a, think either one of us think it's a bad track. It's no. Just, I mean, I, you know, uh, I would probably put it on the same level that I like Spain. I don't hate it. I don't like it. I would I say it, it but I don't consistently love it. better racing than Spain. I'll give you that. Oh, for sure. I, well, at least recently. I would, um, I, what would I put at the same level? Um, I'll put it the same level as like Hockenheim, new Hockenheim. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's a good track. It's a it's track. It's a good track. Uh, but it's not me. like it doesn't thrill me um, and I don't look forward to it. But I think next year, kind of like Baku, I'm going to start looking forward to it because that that was a banger. That was a great race. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. All right, Tim, before we wrap, uh, I want to hit just a couple things here. We'll get them out of the way in a couple minutes. Alonzo and Alpine entering contract talks during the summer break. I think that is a no brainer. Uh, Fernando Alonso Absolutely. has has been the uh, old gray-haired lion. He doesn't actually have gray hair, but his mane, you know. Uh, I uh, think he has gray hair. I, I think I think he's he's, gotta he's, gotta he's dying. He's got to die. He's got to die. He would look salt pepper. I was going to say if he had a little salt, I, I think yeah, he would be irresistible to everyone. Are you saying he that would you just, would not for Fernando Alonso right now? I think I would pause and be like, "Eh, you know, so but if it but if he had that, he had that salt, if he had that salt, I I that would take a minute. 
that would take a beat. And to be honest, I think the world is uh, a lesser place without that salt. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um, Gunter Steiner said Schumacher can't be expected to become a point scorer. We didn't even talk about Mick. Hold on. Mick Schumacher, P8, and was tingling with a slowed down Max Verstappen. And he did great. Makes it easy MVP for this weekend. Not maybe the MVP, but he's one of the, he's in the chat. He received votes. I was going to say it. (laughs) And everyone liked that. Yeah. Um, You know, I I think he's really stepped his game up ever since Gunter very publicly ball uh, kicked him in the balls. And which was a calculated move for the record. Oh yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm pumped for him. You know, that's, that's great. And the hot Haas had a good weekend to finally, and to go oh toe to, to go toe to toe, by the way, with and granted, Verstappen was in a was in a hampered car, but those two cars were that means were more even in terms of speed than I think either team would like to admit. Um, to go toe to toe in racecraft, you didn't emerge to victor, but you put up a fight against the reigning world champion. Not bad. That says a lot to your racecraft, man. That and, and it took until the final corner for Max to get around. By the way. Uh, you gotta love that. Now I adore it. Gunter just said it's not realistic to expect Schumacher it as a consistent points fixture, which I would agree. Not because he's not talented. If he races like that, he'll have a really good season. But uh, let's be honest with you. He finished P eight, and there were. Let's take a look. All right, hold on. At least one, two, three, four guys that were probably going to end up in the in the points. Yeah. Probably. And that, that would put Magnuson at 14th, Schumacher at 12th. To be honest I, with you, I don't care. I don't care good, either. I don't Magnuson care. Magnuson finished a race, which has happened not as often as it should no. this year. Uh, and Schumacher scored points. So I'm going to say Silverstone was a big bag of win uh, for the Haas team. Kind of a bummer for uh, half the Mercedes team, half the AlphaTauri team, half of Alpine. Or actually, Ocon didn't get through that. I'm thinking of Albon. Uh, half of Williams. Half of, um, half of McLaren. Half of McLaren. Bummer. But Is it, uh, It's wild to me. I forget Daniel Ricciardo's even racing at some points. Yeah, I think that's a common theme. That's a talk we'll have to have on an off week. Yeah. It, and the title will be, it's time to talk about Ricciardo. It's time to talk about, we need to talk about Daniel. We need to talk about Daniel. Um, uh but uh, yeah, it's a, it was a good week. Tim, our yeah. last wrap-up thing. All right. We do this every once in a while because I think we're on the same page here. Tim, what are you giving a grade for Silverstone? A. A? Yeah. Not an A minus. Say, we give nope. minuses and plus, but just an A. Just an A. I'm not going to say plus because plus I reserve for things like Brazil 2019. Uh, I would say uh, uh, Italy 2020. Italy 2020 is my go-to A-plus race. Yeah. Um, uh, Canada 2011 has always it, been an A-plus race for me. Any race in which the leader wins by a significant margin is unchallenged within the last five laps, I don't think automatically can be an A-plus. I agree. Um, um, but the rest of it, doggone, that was an A. That was an A for me as well. I've been Luke. Joined as always by Tim, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week on El Formacion Lab. And if you're from Great Britain, congratulations on a great Grand Prix, and that means the Austrian Lab.
And no, I'm saying, the, the, I'm the, thing, say, the thing, the thing means it, it means the formation left. It does not mean Austria. Come on now. Come no, I'm on. saying, well, we're going to, we're going to come at you from, or uh, I was going to say, since you were congratulating Britain, I'm saying Austria, we're coming for you. Next. Oh, you're going to say, but you interrupted me in the, in the oh, middle of trying to raise, in the middle of wrapping up. I can't believe you. I can't believe you. <laughs>